Welcome to the Abandoning Average Podcast here for the aspiring Christian woman. There's a lot of self-doubt. Why am I not doing this? And then you're like, oh, well, because just because I'm afraid of it. There's also this norm of, well, why are you doing something different? I don't want you to be. People want for other people to look at them and say, oh, that person is successful. They put their mind to something and they did it. What happens most of the time is people start something and then it doesn't go anywhere. I think a lot of people aren't aware that they're actually like afraid to do something out of the ordinary. So then they don't do anything. By choosing to do something different, you are setting yourself apart. Fear of rejection, fear of anything is normal. It's what you do with it. Fundamentally, being different, doing something different isn't bad because God has given a purpose and that's what matters. I'm your host, Amanda Boardwine, and welcome to the Journey to Abandoning Average. everybody. Welcome to the 25th episode of the Abandoning Average podcast. This episode today I feel like has been a very long time coming because this this whole thing, you guys probably already saw the title. We are talking about the Enneagram today and different personality tests and everything because this is what I do. I love this stuff. I'm obsessed with it. So not so much obsessed with like the Enneagram as much, but I love everything DISC. I love five behaviors of a cohesive team. I love strength finders, all of those things. I used to like what really got me into all of this was Myers-Briggs. So I'm obsessive about that as well. So <laughs> all of these things, I have a lot of things to say. And so when the Enneagram kind of got popular, because let's be real, it's been around for a very, very long time. Um, so when it got popular, I was kind of like, okay, let's talk about this. Like, let's bring this out and actually go through, okay, what, what is going on here and everything? What should, when should you use it? When is it helpful? Um, all of that. So that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. So are you ready? Cause strap in, here we go. <laughs> so the first thing is I want to walk you through what the Enneagram actually is. The Enneagram came out well, actually, it's kind of disputed a little bit, but um, for the most part, it's generally accepted that in the early 1900s, um, there were two people that kind of one person really promoted the Enneagram and then one person really brought the um, nine different types to it. Um, so in the early 1900s, so it's really been around for over a century now. And um, people have used it over the last century, but it really seems like um, this new, like it's really come through the road back to you is what it's called. And that is how it's kind of gotten more popularized, um, which is fantastic. I mean, I, I love personality types and everything and, and working through all of that. Um, so it's fantastic that this is coming to light to give some people a little bit more self-awareness about themselves, why they react the way that they do, um, why they feel the way that they do. I'm I'm all for that. So anyway, um, so what the Enneagram does is it actually breaks up different personality types, common personality types um, among people into nine different groups and then it breaks it up into from there into what they call centers and so there are three centers from there and and it goes through and and just kind of groups those nine um into three different groups from there so um depending on how you fit into that you might fit into a different group you might relate to other people a little bit differently because of the group that you're in all of that um you can go into that more you can actually see like the actual diagram and what it looks like and everything if you want to look it up um, but 
So there are nine personality types and um, that's really the basics of it is it works through, okay, how do you, how do you respond to fear? How do you respond to shame? How do you respond to, um, action in your, like actually having to take action? How do you respond to, um, getting certain work done and all of that? But I want to compare that to, um, the everything disc and walk you through that as well. And then I want to show you when and when not to use them, like which which ones are the best to use them for. Because um, like I said, I, I use everything disc all the time. I love it. But I think that there are some instances where it falls a little bit short. And I think the same for the Enneagram too. It falls a little bit short. And then at times it actually like works its wonders <laughs> in certain situations. But for the most part, like you're not going to be able to get the full um, capacity of a person through one assessment, which I I think is amazing because even if you've got a best friend who is the same number as you on the Enneagram or the same letter on the disc test, whatever you're talking about, what's amazing is that that best friend is not the same person as you, even if they have the same number or the same letter, which is incredible because God made us all different. And so the next test that you take, you might actually have different letters or numbers, or like if you take a strengths finders test, you might actually have a different strength than that best friend who had the same number as you because you're showing up in a different space and showing up in a different um, context for that assessment. And that's why it just completely makes a complete difference when you're doing that. So Anyway, um, Enneagram has the nine personality types. And then Everything Disc actually only has four, um, just like the D-I-S-C. Um, and then what it does is it actually walks you through um, whether you're people-oriented people or details-oriented or whether you are high energy or low energy or whether you're, you know, it, it walks you through those those different um, types, but it's all based on your work. It's all based on how you work um, in your current situation, um, how you respond to projects, how you respond to conflict, how you respond to, but a lot of it is, is how do you actually um, take action and get things done. And so, so that's really where it's coming from is not so much of an emotional level. There is a little bit of those questions in there and everything, but it's more how do you actually take action? Whereas Enneagram really works through emotions, how you feel, um, how you respond to, again, conflict, but but in that sense of like, how do you respond to other people in relationships? And so that that's what it's more working through. So comparing and, contra and contrasting the two they're both very different and very similar in a lot of ways um I don't want to get into like all the details of what each one is because you can you can look that up and like it's very easy to like look it up and just figure out what what they each do um but when or when you should not use them is the the biggest thing that I wanted to come to you guys with today because I think that it's very very key and it's kind of a cool thing to see um so for everything disc, everything disc is actually, again, something that you're going to use when you're like, it shows you how a certain person is going to take action. For me, I'm a massively detail oriented person. Like I want all the, the research and all my husband is like way off the charts. Like he, <laughs> he's so detailed and it's awesome. I don't relate that much, but in comparison to a lot of other people out there, I, I am very much more a detail oriented person. I want to know all the things before I jump into something. I'm going to take a long time thinking about it. I want to do my own research, all of that. And so with that said, 
That is how I respond to work. That's how I respond to something that I'm going to do and accomplish and taking action. Um, it doesn't necessarily bring out like the details part doesn't really bring out. Do I, uh, do I get emotional about a certain kind of conversation or do I, you know, that that's not, it doesn't really come out as much. There's a little bit, um, there's a little bit in the sense that if I'm a details oriented person, I care more about details than I care about like being a people oriented person. And if I'm a people oriented person, I might want to sit down and give that person a hug and maybe we'll cry together. And I don't do that. <laughs> I, I'm just like, okay, what are the details? Let's hurry up. So there's a little bit of that that you'll see through the disc. But on the, um, Enneagram, I actually am a number one. Um, and as a number one, I'm a perfectionist. I want, again, all the details and all the things. But what you actually find out through the Enneagram is that I actually have like a tendency to, uh, it, it, it deals more with my emotions. Like I'll find that ones actually have a harder time dealing with anger. You'll actually see a little bit more frustration and like less stability <laughs> in our lives, which is so true because I'm like, ah, all the time. So anyway, what, what that works through is a lot of emotions and a lot of the feelings and a lot of the um, ways that you are the way that you are. And so the question that I always ask to differentiate and what you can, like, if you're trying to figure out something about someone, what is that something? And if you're asking, you want to ask one or the other of these questions about that person and whichever one you are asking is the one that you want to pick the assessment for, if that makes sense. So if you are asking, how does this person work? Like, how does this person actually, that is obviously the everything disc. Like you want to go into how do they actually get things done? What do they value when they're actually, um, cranking out to different things like what what do they value do they value all the details do they value all the research or do they value like being assertive and just getting things done and hurry up or or do they value stability like a stable environment of people like what what do they value okay so that's the first question are are you asking how do these people work or are you asking why do these people work the way that they do if you're asking why do they work the way that they do, then that's Enneagram. And again, there are so many other assessments, but we're talking about just these two today. And so if you're asking about why, that's going to get more into um, if you're a counselor, if, if you're working as a counselor and you're wanting to know why do they do this the way that they do this, the Enneagram is going to help you see that a little bit better. It's going to help you see the the reasons that they are the, the way that they are because it pulls back into, not, not necessarily, it's not going to show you their childhood or whatever, but it's going to pull back into their um, feelings and their upbringings and their, the stories that they told themselves and all of those things. It's going, to, it's going to bring that out a little bit better than everything disc well. So again, you want to, you want to go into those two. And if you're asking that about yourself and you're trying to figure out, okay, which, what should I do? There's so many different things out there. There's the Enneagram, there's this, and I, I just want to be more self-aware as a leader. I just want to know more about myself. Well, which question are you asking? Are you asking yourself, how do I work? Like what, what work environment is best for me? Or how do I work best if I'm going to co-work with other people? Or how do I work best? You know, any of those questions that you're trying to ask yourself in how do I work, that's going to be best for the everything disc. And then on the flip side, if you're asking yourself, why do I work this way? Like, why is this a thing? Then 
then you're going to want to pull into more of the Enneagram and actually pull a little bit of those pieces out. And it's not going to go deep into deep counseling and deep therapy and all of those things. Obviously, it's a very simple assessment, but it will kind of help you a little bit be more self-aware with that specific question. So that's that on all of that. I hope that that's super helpful. Um, one other thing is I hear people all the time say that they want to use assessments for hiring purposes. And I just, I want to throw this out there because I've heard so many people say this so many times and I've heard, I've seen it like actually firsthand with people that I know very, very well of, um, whether you should use an assessment for hiring purposes or not. And that is something that I just want to address on here while we're talking about these, because if you are trying to build a team as an entrepreneur, or if you are working at a corporate job and you're working with with hiring techniques and everything like you're you're actually working to hire other people into your company to bring on good people what i have always said to that question and what i will always say to that question is that the assessments only bring out tendencies they do not bring out capabilities and that is what I think is such a strong point to remember when you're hiring somebody based off of assessments, or if you are just not even not even hiring somebody, but if you're being hired on that, be the person that's actually showing your capability through that. Um, but if you are on the hiring end and you are trying to hire through your company or anything like that, um, realize, just keep remembering that fact that assessments only bring to light tendencies, not capabilities. Someone might be completely capable of doing something. Somebody might be like, again, I'm a C on the disc. I might be entirely capable of doing the complete opposite of being an I, but yet when I take that assessment, it's going to show that I'm a C. That's my natural tendency, but that doesn't mean that I'm not fully capable of doing the other end. And so what you can use that is uh, you can use those assessments for for hiring in a way of bringing those conversations to light and talking about those things, but you want to make sure that they're capable of doing what's opposite of them, not just saying, "Oh, well, this is opposite to you. We're not going to hire you." What you're what you're bringing to light is the fact that it's not their tendency, but are they capable? And that's that's the overarching thing that I want to bring to you guys, because that's that's something that I've just seen so many times. And I see so many people do that. And they're like, no, 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 you got to hire. You got to use this to hire. And it's just such a sad thing to me because it never, never, never shows their actual capabilities. Um, so I hope that that is super helpful for you guys. I hope it helps you as you're trying to become more self-aware as a leader whether you're leading a team or just doing it for yourself, because I know that that just, it helps you grow in leaps and bounds to know a little bit more of why and how you do the things that you do. It's incredible. And I hope that that is something that you are um, looking to grow in more. Let me know if you guys have any questions. You can catch me over on Instagram. You can catch me on my website. I will be there to be able to connect with you. So I hope you guys have a great week and I will see you all the next week. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And if you wanted to hear more details about the Everything Disc and the Enneagram and all of that, you can catch all of those details over on the show notes. It's amandaboardwine.com forward slash the podcast. And you can check all of that out and get all of the details. 
And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe this podcast so we can get this into the hands of all the people who are so on fire for this podcast and for this message, just as you are. I thank you guys so much, and I hope you have a fantastic week. Bye.